All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode two. I have Stephanie with me. Hey, guys. We are going to do a little, I don't know, a game, I guess you could say it. Um, We each have a few Amazon reviews. And we're going to describe, like, read out this uh, Amazon review. And then we're going to sort of censor it. So we each have to guess what this Amazon product is. And then we're going to get to talking a little bit later about um, the effects of COVID and what it's like um, post-COVID, pretty much. Uh, Because you just got off of traveling, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I just got back from a five-day vacation to Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge. That's exciting. I've always wanted to live in Tennessee. Same. If I ever get a chance to move, that's probably where I'm going to move to. For sure. I See, I'm more of the uh, the Nashville kind of girl. I like the city. Mm-hmm. I've lived in the country most of my life. So I definitely, the city is definitely where I want to be. But the area is beautiful. Yeah, especially in Gatlinburg, um, because all around you is just nothing but the Smoky Mountains. Mm-hmm. So... All right, I'll let you start since you're my guest. You go okay. ahead and read yours and we'll see if I can guess. Okay, so the uh, tagline of the review is hoping it would be crap and that her candle would slip out. So the actual review is, I got this from my mother-in-law for bath time. Hoping it'd be crap, her candle would slip out and electrocute her. So far... This bloody thing is staying in one place. Great for waterproofing your Kindle. Not so great for murder. What am I? <laughs> okay. Um, so it's going to be for a Kindle. Is it like a... Like those like little bath time shelves? No, it's something that you can hang around your neck while you're showering or bathing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I know that hangs around your neck during like why would you hang anything around your neck I mean soap on a rope but like 80 year old people do that <laughs> <laughs> right so it's actually one of those waterproofing bags that you slip your Kindle into oh, okay. and then zip it shut <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> well I was way off <laughs> soap on a rope Okay, here's mine. It says, uh, finally, someone has answered my gentle prayers and finally designed a blank that I can use all month long. I use it when I'm swimming, riding a horse, walking on the beach, doing yoga. It's comfortable, leak-proof, non-slip, and it makes me feel feminine and pretty. Since I've begun using these blank, men have found me more attractive and approachable. It has given me soft skin, manageable hair, and it really has given me the self-esteem I needed to start a book club and flirt with the bag boy at my local market. My drawings of kittens, ponies have improved, and now that I'm writing my last name hyphenated with the Robert Pattinson's last name, I really believe he might marry me someday. I am positively giddy. The smart men in marketing have come up with a blank that my lady parts can definitely identify with. Where has this been all of my life? Hmm. 
My favorite part's the last part. Yeah. Um, I honestly have no idea what that could be. Well, it's something her lady parts identify with. So is it like vibrating panties or something like that? <laughs> I don't know, but if <laughs> you have any more guesses, mm, no, because they're all going to be about like that one. <laughs> These are pretty much it. Yeah, it's a ballpoint pen. <laughs> wow! Complete opposite direction of her panties. Right. <laughs> Okay. <sighs> I have another one. So this one says, saved my life. When I turned state's witness, they didn't have enough money to put me in the witness protection program. So they bought me this mask and gave me a list of suggested places to move. Since then, I've lived my life in peace and safety Knowing that my old identity is forever obscured by this life-saving item, what am I? Um. Okay, so obviously you said like a mask. Mm-hmm. Is it one of those horse masks? Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> I've seen. They used to be huge. Everybody used to do whatever it is with those stupid things. And I know, like, not too long ago, for some reason, penguin masks were huge. Mm-hmm. So I knew it had to be one or the other. Yeah. I think my thing is, is where does he live that he feels comfortable enough <laughs> yeah. to wear a horse mask every day? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> That's pretty funny, though. Oh my goodness. All right. Um, the next one I have this says <clears throat> amazing. I gave this to my cat and it cured him of autism. Also, eating with this product three times a, three times a day with a meal, I have no more house ghosts. Is it like garlic or something like that? <laughs> no. Hmm. I don't know. I was I was thinking like maybe like garlic or some kind of herb, maybe. Uh close. I know they're used. It can be used in food. Hmm. I don't know. All I could think about is like garlic or like basil or something like that, but it's probably not right. <laughs> no, it's seaweed. Huh. I've never known anybody to eat seaweed. Neither have I. I mean, I know it's with like sh- sh- uh, sushi and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Gave it to my cat and it cured him from autism. So. <laughs> 
whatever you say, bro. Right. I'll believe you. I'll believe you. It's fine. It's okay. So, uh, do you have any more? No, I don't. Okay, neither do I. So, I guess we can get right into the whole what traveling is like post-COVID. Okay. And just tell us a little bit about your trip and how different is it now versus what it would have been like in 2019. Okay, so we actually did end up going to Knoxville in 2019 in January, um, right? Um, so that was, it was a lot different because when we, like, I'll give you an example of what it was like now. Um, so when we went to rent our car, um, the rental place um, only allowed certain amount of people in still, mm-hmm. even though, um, you know, a lot of the, the guidelines and things have, have been lifted here. Um there were still only allowing a certain amount of people in. And um, they still had, like, those weird plastic things in front of every, like, person that was checking out people. Oh, so, like, and, those uh, little partitions. Yeah. And I'm like, those make no sense because we're not wearing masks. Yeah. And they hand me my paper around the... <laughs> thing so I'm like (laughs) literally just walked around the thing to give it to me so it's really not protecting you like you think no it's not and then and I I don't think the germs know that you can walk around I think that's what they're thinking right (laughs) germs don't understand like yeah but um then in the car they had like Clorox wipes like legit little individual Clorox wipes in the car that they expected us to clean and wipe everything down with before we returned it to them. Wow. So that was just the car aspect of it. And before, we would just go pick up a car and leave. I mean, and, like, we didn't have to worry about cleaning it or anything because that's part of, like, the the rental place. You know, when you bring your car back, they clean it and everything before the next people. Right. You think they would be responsible. Yeah. But now they give you Clorox wipes. So, and, um, we did notice that a lot of stuff, um, before when we went, to, we went to Knoxville to see, um, up church and concert for mm-hmm. a couple times, actually. Um, we actually ended up going to, um, his concert in January, right before COVID, uh, hit us. Um, and it was still like, um, I mean, it was packed like elbow to elbow people, and everything so it was crazy and now you know when we go places everything has to be like scheduled so before it was just you could go say let's say the titanic museum uh in pigeon forge you could just go and if they had an open spot you could go in um now they expect you to schedule a time so that they can make sure only a certain amount of people are in at one time um, and they expect you to stay like within your group, which is kind of cool because you get more of a uh, intimate experience, right? Um, more personalized. Yeah, so it's better that way. Plus, you feel you honestly feel safer when you're like sort of by yourself because you don't have to get close to people. But um, Tennessee has actually lifted the mask guideline earlier than West Virginia did. So they've been maskless for like half a year almost already. Oh. 
and they still have a lot of um, COVID like things that they still follow. Like restaurants are still making us wear like gloves and um, things like that. And I think the weirdest thing was having to go to a buffet and having to like wear gloves to uh, even just grab your plate. Like you can't even grab a plate without your gloves on. So they're just so weird because I mean, you're not wearing a mask. Right. So people are breathing in that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think wearing a, a pair of gloves is going to make a difference. Right. Yeah. And it was pretty, I mean, it was fun to go down there and see sort of like um, how things are different now. Because before when we went down in like 2019, um, there was really no restriction on anything. Like people were, like I said, when we went to, we go to Cotton Eye Joe's in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, when you talk about packed, I mean, it's like you're touching elbows with everybody. And it's so, if you're claustrophobic, it's definitely not a place for you to go because <laughs> right. you around, somebody's right there. You look forward, somebody's right there. So even pre-COVID, like when we were supposed to be wearing masks and stuff back in January um, of this year, we were mm-hmm. supposed to be wearing masks and stuff. So we went to a... Uh, we went to a concert there again this past January and they weren't wearing masks or anything. It didn't require us to wear masks. So, um, but Cotton Eye Joe is one of those places where they are um, really into like the American, like freedom of speech and freedom of expression and things like that. Right. So they pretty much just told us, if you don't want to wear a mask, don't, we're not going to make you. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, at that point, it's it's pointless. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, a lot of a lot of things are different with traveling. Like, I was actually afraid to travel um, when we went in January because I was like, you know, is what's going to be everybody every other state's kind of requirement? Because at that point, everybody was different. Yeah, I think just people are getting tired of the whole mask thing. Yeah. January came around and they were like, you know what? It's been a year of this shit. I'm done. Right. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I know in June for my birthday, we went to Kennywood. Um, I think we only spent like an hour there, but like it was packed and no one was wearing a mask. There were no type of uh, restrictions or nothing. And I even went online to check to see if there were, and they had this huge long line of, or, or a list of of things that we couldn't do and things that you had to do. And then when we got there, they weren't enforcing any of it. Mm -hmm. So it was very, and I made it into a joke, but it was very 2019. (laughs) And, but it, it almost felt, I don't know. It almost nostalgic because it was one of those, I wish it was like this all the time. Because mm-hmm. COVID has, it's hit a lot of places really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And right. I know a lot of places are just not willing to lift like everyone else is. And mm-hmm. I understand the precaution, but it's, it's nostalgic at the same time because then it kind of gives me anxiety because I don't know. I mean, it could sneak up again. It could be really bad again. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of places fear is... That if they um, if they start going back to normal, that it could spark something and 
it'll just spread again, like, you know, like wildfire. And I think that's a lot of places kind of withholding. Um, Cause like, even, even where I work, we are still at half capacity. Um, and, you know, we're allowing people to come back more and more every couple, like three or four months, but people are still afraid to come back to a corporate setting even. Um, yeah, so, I've seen that. Like a lot of people had anxiety over, you know, not working from home anymore. And I've mm-hmm. seen where people were quitting their jobs and trying to find something where they could work at home. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I think honestly, too, with a lot of this stuff, it has gotten um, it's gotten too comfortable for people to work from home. Yeah. And it now that now that places know that their employees are capable of working from home. And really do better work because it's actually it's statistically proven that people work better from home because at work, you know, they have less distraction at home. So when you're at work, you know, you talk to your friends, you stop at the water cooler and you BS for an hour and then you're like, oh, maybe I should get back to work. You know, at home, you don't you don't really do that. Yeah, Um, you don't have like the pressures of corporate setting. Right you're able to sit there and get as much work as you possibly can done in your own time while still meeting requirements of corporate. And it it really does help if they're given that opportunity. But I know a lot of places are getting, you know, pretty anal about having their employees at home. Yeah. Which is sad because some of them have been there like for years and they're having to quit their jobs and, and stay at home. Yep. Yeah, I think that a lot of places should still really consider giving that option. Like, if you want to work from home, you can, but maybe make it a requirement to come in like one day a week versus you either come in or you're fired. You know, it right, should be yeah. more of a decision. Like, or like two days at, you know, the actual office and then you get three days at home. Right. As long as your work doesn't falter. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. what was it like for you in 2020 when it first started? Because I know I got, in March, I was laid off for three months. So, I mean, was it the same way with you? Yeah. So, I actually worked right up until the stay-at-home order was placed. Um, the day that it was placed, I was actually home already. Um, it was my day off. And we got a notice from our um, CEO that they were going to close us Um and I got put on furlough. I was on furlough from the day of the um, stay-at-home order until May 4th. And um, when I went back on May 4th, I was the only person in customer service working um, for a whole month before they were allowed to bring someone else back. And when they did bring someone else back, the requirement was that as long as we were both in the room together, we had to sit six feet apart and had to wear a mask the entire day in the room. So miserable. It was. It was very miserable because we um, we have a small room and it doesn't have any windows in it, but it does have ventilation and stuff like that. But when they have the heat on or anything like that, it gets so hot in there Mm -hmm. and it is so hard to breathe with the masks on. But we did what we could do so we could at least have a job. Um, and it took forever to get unemployment. I, I applied like as soon as I uh, got put on furlough. Mm-hmm. And I did not get my unemployment until the first week uh, or the last week in April. 
but luckily I was able to um, file every day for past weeks. <laughs> so that last week I was pretty good with the money, but that still didn't help me the other months with bills and things like that. Right. Uh, um, I know that when I was laid off and it kind of made me angry the way that they did it, instead of calling us in the office the day before while we were all there, mm-hmm. they decided to wait till we all showed up the next day in the morning and then tell us that we needed to leave. Oh. And instead of just, you know, explaining, hey, we, we got to shut down. They didn't do that. They 100% just sent us home the day of and they gave us a paper so that we could file for unemployment the day of. And I kept thinking, like, you guys are laying me off and I have to give gas money because my cars broke down. My parents, uh, my mother is currently having her husband fix it. But at the time, I didn't have a car. So my dad was the one that was taking me. And I'm like, I have to put gas in his tank. You guys could have at least the day before told us so that I wasn't wasting gas money to come up here. Right. Yeah, they definitely could have done that a lot different. That's like with us, you know, when we first got put on furlough, anybody that wasn't working was told by email um, and text because our supervisors text. But um, we were uh, we were informed so that way we didn't come in. And the people that were there the day that the stay home order was placed, um, they did get to finish their day out, which was nice of the the company to do. So definitely. Yeah, I, when I filed for unemployment, um, I think I got two payments. They missed an entire month for me, and then I got like a $900 payment. And then two weeks went by, and I got a $200 payment. And I did not see a single dime the rest of the time. No matter how many times I filed, I got nothing. And so three months on $1,000 was hard. It was really difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely understand because, um, you know, when they put um, Eric was actually on furlough before I was um, because the restaurants started closing down before they put the stay home order in. Right. So he was on furlough. I was on furlough. And when you go from a two um, paycheck house to nothing, um, it was it was really hard. It's very scary. Yeah. And it was, too. Like, even when I went back on the fourth of may um eric was still on furlough he was still furloughed until almost uh july wow so even with me working it was still super stressful and we live in an area where they were still requiring us to pay rent um because i know a lot of places were allowing people to not pay rent um our place was not one of them they they still required us to pay rent so it was hard with what i was making in unemployment um it was just enough to like keep, um, keep the rent paid for a while. And thank goodness for the extra like six hundred they were giving everyone because without that, I I wouldn't have survived during. Exactly. That. Yeah. If it wasn't for that twelve hundred that we received, like that first stimulus payment, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of our bills and things like we would not have had paid. Yeah. And crazy. my landlord. Um, We moved, thank God, Mm -hmm. last year. So the landlord I had at the time when all of this broke out, uh, he was the type that would not wait 
for rent. He would 100% would throw you out. He wouldn't care. Um, I know I lived there. I lived there for almost three years and I had a hole in my ceiling in my bedroom. And every time it rained, my floor was soaked and it took him three years to fix the ceiling. So, yeah. So he was one of those landlords. There's, he would not avoid it. Right. So if you had to predict, if you had to predict what the next couple of months are going to be like, as far as COVID goes, what would you say? Like, do you think, you know, all mandates lifted across the U.S. or do you think it's going to take longer? Um, well, to be honest, I don't really try to, I, I don't like to watch the news or anything. Um, that is just not something that I enjoy doing because it's, it's, there's never anything good on it. No, it's very cutthroat. Um, yeah. So it's like, and, and I just, I don't want to be down all the time, you know, like this is a scary thing for everyone. And I spend enough of the time, like feeling just rock bottom about it and, we're finally starting to get back to some normalcy, mm-hmm. which is great, but everything will crumble, I think, in my opinion, because um, from what I'm hearing through the grapevine, you know, they're saying there is another strand that is supposed to be coming our way. And um, even people with vaccines, they said, could still get this particular strand that's coming around, or they'd have to get a booster shot. And things like that. So I don't know. I feel like if it does hit us, I think we're going to be, I don't think we're going to go clear back to square one, but I think there are going to be more guidelines put back into place. Um, I think the first thing is probably going to be our making us wear masks again, um, especially if this new strand or whatever does hit us. So yeah, unfortunately, I just don't think it's going to be, I I honestly don't think it's ever going to be, normal again for a for a while you know that's the same thing I thought I thought it was going to take a while to get back to normal because even though we're we've got those like the feels the vibes of being back to normal we really aren't this has hit the U.S. in a huge way and it's Mm -hmm. it's unbelievable the lengths we've had to go to um I know in see February Somehow, at the end, it was like the end of January, early February, I got COVID. And uh, it was, I don't even know how I got it, honestly. I don't know if I got it from work or somebody was around. I was so careful for like a year because uh, my dad has COPD and him getting it um, would have been extremely difficult on him. So I spent a lot of the time, you know, packed away trying to stay away from it and it's not an easy thing to go through even though I'm, mm-hmm. I don't have it anymore um, my sense of smell has changed completely and the things mm-hmm. that I used to smell um, that I used to think smelled good like my perfumes and things they literally changed and they, my nose has not gone back to normal It everything mm-hmm. just smells sour to me so right. I can't imagine a strain coming out that would smell or that would uh, cause any more harm. It's scary. It really is. Yeah. And the crazy thing about when COVID actually supposedly hit, you know, just let's say West Virginia, really. 
um, or the United States. At, on Christmas Eve, um, the December before it all hit us, I was deathly sick. Like, I, they thought I had a very, very serious case of bronchitis. They couldn't find any strand of virus that they were testing for. Like, I didn't have mono. They tested for, like, the regular flu. They tested for everything. Didn't have nothing. They couldn't find anything. They tested me. Um, well, they, they tested me for everything. Couldn't find anything. And then they just started giving me a bunch of these different antibiotics to see what would work to get rid of what I had. And my from from Christmas Eve until almost the end of February... I was sick and I had trouble breathing and I couldn't taste things and just all the, all the symptoms that associate with COVID now. And then that comes out later in the year of 2020 that they finally admitted that there were some places and some cases where there could have been COVID, but because we didn't have the testing at that point, there was no way to tell whenever you went in with the symptoms of like COVID, they were just thought you had the flu. Right. And you know, it's, it's a very real possibility that I had COVID then and it just wasn't able to be detected because I will tell you within the year of 2020 and even early 2021, I, there were quite a few times that I was exposed to it um, by one means or another, like somebody at work had got it and I was in direct contact or Eric was at in direct contact with someone and, you know, he could have brought it home to me. We went to a bar, you know what I mean? With no masks, with thousands of people. And it just wasn't, I never, you know, I never caught it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they say it's hard once you have it, just like anything, once you have it, your body tries to build up the antibodies to keep you from getting it again. So it's a good, it's a real possibility that I could have had it then. Um, yeah, that is true. It's really true. Nervous, you know, so. Yeah. And I know that they were telling people that, like, to, they were really pushing this uh, vaccine and telling people to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. But I found out recently, like, like you said, supposedly this new strain uh, the vaccine actually isn't going to work for it. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance that you could get it even though you've been vaccinated. And yeah. it's, what do you do then? I mean, you can't, are they going to make people who have been vaccinated start wearing their masks again? Because mm-hmm. what's the point of being vaccinated if it's going to get like that? Right. And they said that they might come out with like a booster shot for it. But I'm like, you already made me go through well, if you, depending on what vaccine you get, two times of having to get the vaccine. And then now you're telling me I'm going to have to get a booster. I, You know, I thought that the whole point of me getting the vaccine was that it was going to prevent me from getting COVID. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? It's like what you never really know what the truth is when it comes to government things or anything like that. So. Right. And it's not that I don't want to protect myself or the people around me. It's the fact that I don't know what I'm putting in my body and you're saying it's not going to work. Right. I mean, it's scary. I don't want to, I know that people, uh, my mom is a nurse, so I know that she told me that if you get COVID, you need to wait at least 90 days before you get the vaccine 
because it was actually causing people to get um, uh, blood clots in their lungs. Mm, Jeez. That's crazy. It is. Yeah, it's like for me, it took me forever to decide whether I was going to get the vaccine or not because, you know, you always hear every side of the vaccine. You hear these people that are like, all the conspiracy theories they're putting tracking devices in you they're giving you the virus like and i was like man i just i want to get it because i want to protect myself i want to protect my grandparents you know because i spend most of my time with high-risk people Mm -hmm. and i was like i just you know i'm gonna do it and then my work decides to bribe us with fifty dollars to get the vaccine so they made it to where if you get the vaccine and you get both doses by a certain date then they're going to give you fifty dollars on your paycheck so i was like might as well it's free <laughs> right. i'm gonna get 50 bucks so right yeah so that's what made me get it but eric still is not vaccinated and he probably will never will be um only because of his thoughts on the government and things like that. The government control, yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I, I'm, I stand behind my decision because I just feel like, in my thought, when they started saying things like, um, you can't fly on a plane without being vaccinated, you can't travel without being vaccinated, like that was going to be our future. I just right. didn't want it to hinder me from being able to do the things that I want to do. So I really just wanted to get it done, you know. Right, like after being trapped in a house for a year, right, you want to be able to get out and stretch and and do all the things you used to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if what's standing in your way is just a little vaccine, for God's sake, get it. Right. Yeah, and like people are throwing a fit about this vaccine, and I'm like, do you not remember when you were a child? Like you had to get like the chicken pox vaccine right and you had to get like all these different vaccines before you could even start school so like, like you had to get like mmr shots and stuff like that like right measles mumps it's... rubella yeah all that kind of stuff. like and again all these people like throwing a fit over these vaccines a lot of them are anti-vaxxers period right so they don't care essentially about what it could possibly do to people they just don't believe in vaccines yeah which I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, polio and measles and that kind of stuff is real. Right. It does affect kids. Yeah. And I, I love the, the memes that I keep seeing about like the different types of masks that you're supposed to wear. So I'll give you an example, like during the Spanish influenza and stuff like that way back and forever, Uh They wore, like, those big, like, masks with, like, the breathing things on the sides of them. Like, almost like gas masks. Right. And they're like, oh, COVID's one of the deadliest viruses, but let's just wear a little disposable paper mask. (laughs) Right. Like, okay, so what's the truth? Is it going to save me or not? Exactly. Exactly. And I know that, like, a lot of them have been saying they want to bring back the plague masks walk around right. with them <laughs> like the really big oh, long the ones with the big, like yeah. oh my goodness that would be hilarious for halloween i just might that's awesome i work at the hotel so we're allowed to dress up for halloween and we go through the hallways and, like doing everything so uh-huh. 
maybe I'll dress up as a plague doctor. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Just knock on the door. You need towels. <laughs> you, have to, you have to say it in a really deep voice. So it <laughs> yeah. I'll get a voice changer and put it in the mask. <laughs> I'll sound like Bane. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, it's all it's all scary stuff, you know. I'm I'm sort of it's so sad though because like we're so used to it now. It's like you hear something on the news, you're like, okay, cool, you know. And it sucks that we're in a generation where like stuff like that is so common, and you just you just get used to it. It's you know, I don't. It's it's scary of what the world can be, and where it's heading. To be honest, right, right, so. and. It really hit me during the pandemic that a lot of the kids that are going to be growing up as we get older are not going to know a life before COVID. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be one of these things where they could run around and just play with their friends. It might be one of these things where mask mandates all the time, six feet apart all the time. Right. And it, it kind of makes me sad. I could go out and I could... And you remember where my house was in Granville. Mm-hmm. I could go out and walk right down the road and go right to Heather's place. Mm-hmm. Can't do that anymore. Right. You have to You have to watch what you're doing. You have to stay away from people first. And another thing with going to Kennywood, it was a real urge not to tell people to back up. To right. stay that six feet apart. Because, you know... They're not making anybody follow any guidelines. Nobody's wearing masks and the vaccine is out. So you kind of just have to assume like, hopefully people are taking responsibility and you're not going to die, you know? Right. So it's it's a real urge not to tell people to back up. Yeah. And you know, they have the, the rule where like, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear your mask, but then you have those people out there that are just smart asses that are like, "Mm, okay, well I'm vaccinated and they're really not. So you just, you'd never know. It's like. Yeah. And they made it to the place where you can't ask for the vaccination card anymore. Right. Because it's considered a violation of medical rights. Yeah. That's crazy. Like against HIPAA and all that stuff, which I think is stupid. I think that like, I understand places like maybe Walmart not being able to, but I don't know why places like Kennywood or travel places wouldn't be allowed to. Cause that's, sh- that might be. Anybody can make it a requirement. You know what I mean? Like, like I'll give you an example. Like, when we were in Gatlinburg, we rode this, like, aerial tram thing. Mm-hmm. And we were allowed to enter. It's called Ober Gatlinburg. So, we, we were allowed to enter the building without a mask. We were allowed to walk through the entire building without a mask. But when we were on the aerial tram, we were supposed to wear a mask the whole time. That and I'm makes like, no sense. Exactly. It makes zero sense. And I'm like, this is not protecting anybody because if I was, if I had it, I done gave it to everybody standing behind me in line. Right. Because they had us like crammed like sardines. And it's like, places like that should be allowed to ask for like your vaccine card and just be like, okay, well, you're traveling. Uh, are you vaccinated? If you are, like, show us your card. Like, I don't think it would be that big of a deal to ask for things like that. No, I mean, of course, you're going to have that one person that's going to be like, I know my rights, you know, and all that crap. So 
that's probably why they don't do it because you're always going to have that one crazy Karen that's like screaming and yelling about wanting to see your vaccine card, you know? Right. Yeah. (laughs) No, I completely understand that. Yeah. It's It's, it's just fighting the urge to tell people to back up. Mm Mm-hmm. I really hope it. I mean, I know we'll never be back to the way we used to be ever. There will always be that precaution, just like when polio hit. They never really recovered to the way they used to be. Right. There were vaccines. People knew differently then. But it never really became what it used to be. Mm-hmm. So this is just going to be one of those things. It's going to be in the textbooks. It's going to be in history. And, you know, it's the world will never be the same after this. Yeah. Hopefully there is agree. an after this. Right. I'd really like to see it just gone completely. Yeah. And just imagine like the kids like that aren't in school yet that have grown up like like I I watched a video of this little girl that thought that everything she passed was like hand sanitizer because she had just learned about being washing her hands and things like that. And all she knows is masks and staying six feet apart and now she has to use hand sanitizer everywhere she goes Wow! so she was looking for hand sanitizer like those little automatic things Uh everywhere she went and she's like four you know what i mean three or four and by the time she starts school if we're not back to normal then her whole entire life is going to be based around washing your hands and wearing a mask and staying six feet apart. And she's never going to know a real life if we don't ever get back to normal. Right. Like I remember being four and eating dirt. Like right. Girl, same. Grab grab me a worm off the side of the street or something. Right. Chasing frogs in the front yard. Yeah. Having people scream at me. Like, right. We swam, I swam in the river, you know, we swam in the river. Kids don't do that nowadays. They're like, oh my god, I was like, ew, you know what's in our river? They're like, I'm still alive, bro. So Yeah. Like I drink out of the garden hose. Calm down. Everything's right. fine. I could have got yeah. tetanus. Everything is okay. Yeah, it's crazy. And like I, I just can't understand the generations now. It's like Lower I hate that we get lumped in with future. them. Right, same. I really, really hate that we get lumped in with them. Like, oh, it's always millennials' fault. Like, no, you don't understand. There is a gap, okay? Yeah. It is It is literally Gen Z. Yes. My generation did not eat a freaking Tide Pod. Exactly. My generation did not come out with some of these stupid challenges, like the Kylie Jenner challenge. My generation right. is having anxiety and panic attacks and just want to work. Like, that's it. Right. I think the only things we used to do would be, like, people started doing that stupid uh, ice cube and salt thing challenge. Yeah. Where you, like, put uh, salt on your skin and put an ice cube on it and see who, see how long it can stay there because it gets extra cold because of the ice or the mm-hmm. salt. I think that's, like, the only kind of stuff. We never did anything that would, like, kill us. No. Like, eating Tide Pods or drinking, like, bleach and dumb shit like these kids are doing nowadays. I seen a challenge not too long ago where somebody was daring kids on TikTok to go lick toilet, like, public toilet bowls. Oh, my God. It's a pandemic. Like, you're 14. Don't be putting your tongue anywhere. Just focus on your schoolwork. Right, exactly. And even, like, if it wasn't a pandemic, like, 
bodily fluids spread like stds so like you could lick a seat you know it's that's not a good challenge like that's crazy no it's not a good challenge like the kind of the kind of germs that are manifesting on public toilets they do not get cleaned as often as people think they do Mm -hmm. i mean hotels are different because they are cleaned every day but public things like walmart like they're not taking the time to clean their toilets like they should Right. Those employees want to go home. So they go in there, they just do a quick wipe down and they walk out. There's no mm-hmm. sanitizing. There's no precaution taking into it. It's literally just a wipe with a cloth and out. Yeah. And I don't know if the girl in the video actually licked the toilet or if she pretended to lick the toilet, but she was challenging people to this and you're taking people's lives into your hand. It's like, how could you do that? Right. It's crazy. TikTok is just overall it's not all of it is bad, but most of it is bad. I mean, there's so much crap on TikTok. So many right. stupid challenges and like that TikTok killer like girl, that could be a whole other episode cuz like that TikTok killer to be famous, he like went and killed some people in his neighborhood. Yeah, I I heard a little bit about it. I didn't really get into it because I try not to get on TikTok too often because a lot of it turns into be uh, political and Mm -hmm. I'm so freaking sick and tired of all of the stupid politics. Right. Um, So I I try to stay away from it. Like it's still an argument in my family. Like almost every one of my family is Republican Mm -hmm. and I've got like one or two that are Democrats. And it's an all-out war when they get together. It's ridiculous. Right. But I try to stay away from it. But I did see those headlines. Maybe you should make that uh, the first episode for your podcast. You want to, yeah. like, tell everybody about it? Um, Sure. So I've started a new podcast as well. Um, it's going to be called True Crime and Journal Time. Um, it's going to be mostly based around my true crime journal and some true crime stories that I'm pretty fond of a lot of people think it's funny when I say that but um I love learning about um you know true crime in our history and things like that um because it, it, it's not just about the ser- like say, we'll take serial killers for an example it's not just about the serial killers it's about their victims and keeping their memory alive um and I just think that p- more people need to be aware of the signs and things so that's why I started it, and true crime is one of those things where you never run out of things to talk about, so yeah, and I'm going to yeah. be basing some of it on journaling, because um, I love to write, and I love to keep a tr- true crime journal, so talk a little bit about that, and that's pretty much what I'm going to be doing on there. I'm excited for it. Yeah. I really Me am. Too. I'm big into true crime. I have been for a long time. My dad thinks there's something wrong with me. I know Eric does too. He's like, <laughs> you need better hobbies, girlfriend. Like, you need, don't be don't be loving them serial killers out there. <laughs> so, like, my thing is, it's not so much that I'm like enamored with any of them. Mm-hmm. I find it fascinating the way the mind works. Why is my mind different than your mind? Same. What is yeah. in your mind that's making you? have this impulse to take someone's life. Cause I know like right now, like I could hit somebody, I could punch them, slap them, whatever. But I know 
personally myself, I could never bring myself to take someone's life. Right. I don't have that drive. I don't have that instinct. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Like, could I punch the fuck out of you? Absolutely. But I would never (laughs) take somebody's life. So it's, it's a real fascination as to what drove them to do this. Is it their brain chemistry? Is it the way they grew up? Is it, you know, the things they surrounded themselves with? Is it something they decided to try? It's really, I'm interested in the impulses. Right. Yeah. And a lot of scientific um, things have gone into what they call the serial killer gene. It's crazy because like, if you take a lot of these, um, a lot of these serial killers, you know, like Jeffrey Dahmer and um, Gacy and like Ted Bundy and stuff like that, you take their childhoods and how they were brought up and they, a lot of them have almost the same exact upbringing. And it's sad because a lot of them, uh, a lot of them get this, um, like your brain doesn't develop like a normal brain would because of how they were treated by the age of 12. And so they start to be, they start to be obsessed with things like death is a lot of what they start to be obsessed with. Like roadkill along the road, Um, like Dahmer, his favorite thing when he was a kid was to just pick up roadkill along the road. And then because his dad was a chemist, he would uh, put the dead bodies in a, in a vat of acid because he liked to see what happened to the bodies with the acid. Right. And, and I know like his dad was big into uh, taxidermy as well. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he taught him how to do some of that stuff. The genes are the, um, I think the main genes, cause I think there's a couple that they have been linked to, uh, to aggression, but the main genes they find with serial killers are the MAOA and the CDH 13 genes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of them have like a, um, if you ever listen to interviews by a few, just, you know, think of a few that you may know. If you listen to their interviews, a lot of times they refer to themselves in the third person. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of, they disassociate themselves from the killer part of their body. Not so much of like DID or anything, like they have a, you know, a different identity, it's more like they're struggling with an internal person. And that's why they refer to themselves in the third person. Because a lot of times, like if you ever watch um, Conversation with a Killer, the, the Ted Bundy tapes, he says, anytime he talks about a murder, he says he did this and he chooses his victims based upon this or he does this he always talks about himself in the third person because in his brain he taught himself that he's not the killer that there's only one part of his brain that's the killer right like he's not responsible for the choices his mind has made right it's so crazy to think that they that some of them think that way Mm -hmm. and honestly some of them are just driven by just pure hatred just by the way they're brought up and they started at a young age and that's just it's sad because that's all they ever knew you right. know so like, it's hard not to feel sympathy for them yeah because you know when you're reading these stories you're learning about these stories it's not so much about the serial killer themselves but the child they used to be mm-hmm. and it's hard not to feel sympathy for that part i mean yeah they did horrible things it's not an excuse but yeah. 
you got to look at it with some compassion. I mean, if somebody just told them they love them and tried to take care of them, would it really have made a difference? Right. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy to think of some of the stories, you know, cause I, I fall down a rabbit hole quite a lot when I start like wanting to learn about things or watching new series on like discovery plus and things like that. And, um, once I start learning about somebody, I just want to learn everything. I mean, I want to know where they grew up, their pathology, um, everything. And right. then you start to realize there are so many similarities between all of like the main serial killers that we know. And some of them really are just, just, they're not bad people. They like, they're just not, but they have that one thought and they just flip in a second and that's it and um their brains aren't made to show remorse so they know it was bad but they don't really feel bad about it and it's just crazy you know it's it's sad to think that they a either had such a terrible upbringing that they felt like that was the only option they had to be loved was to take it you know or they had such a good upbringing that, you know, there was just something wrong and nobody really saw the signs of it. And they just right. really needed, you know, they really needed help, but nobody noticed. They just thought he was a weird kid. Like mm-hmm. Dahmer's a good example. They just thought he was a weird kid. But in reality, he had all of these, like, first of all, you know, sexual thoughts about men and boys. He wasn't, he didn't understand because in his time, that was still super frowned upon. Oh yeah, and you know what I mean. So he lived with that, and like you were being that. arrested around those times for feeling that way. Yeah. So, you know, just just imagine what he thought. You know, he thought he was cool because the kids liked him, but they only liked him because he was weird. Mm-hmm. And he also just like his mom was. His mom had mental issues, and so he was watching his mom go through these mental issues. And I'm I'm a firm believer that. You know, if you grow up around that setting, that that's what you're going to know. And that's going to be the only thing, you know. Absolutely. So, See, like another know. good example is uh, Rodney Alcala. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've ever heard of him. Rodney Alcala uh, was what they call the dating game killer. Mm. And it was because around the time he was murdering people, it was in the 70s. I think it was around the space of like three years he was actually on the show Dating Game, mm. where they have like three bachelors and their faces are hidden from the bachelorette. And she mm-hmm. gets to ask them questions. And depending on like if she likes the questions or not, uh, she would get to pick who at the end that she liked. So there, mm-hmm. she would just say like a uh, bachelor number two. And then her and Bachelor number two would go on a date. So, I mean, everybody just thought he was weird. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. They, they didn't, they just got a vibe that he was a weird guy and they didn't like really hanging out with him. But he was murdering people as he was a guest on the show. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Another one you want to look into, it's really good. Uh, well, not really good. I don't want to put that together with serial killer, but... Um, that's really interesting to read about is Samuel Little. Mm-hmm. They recently made a documentary. 
I, I started called, watching it. Yeah, Confessions of a Killer. And yeah. then murdering 93 people. Yeah, and, like, when I started watching it, the woman that is, like, the journalist, she's like, if you, if you weren't in jail, I'd probably be dead right now, wouldn't, wouldn't I? And he's like, you're right. Like, what? You're crazy. Right. Like, all he thought, he literally only thought about women as objects to mm-hmm. fix his fancy. And after he was done with you, he discarded you. And it's so crazy to think that men actually, there are men that actually think like that. Like, it's, and even now he's in jail. He still thinks of women that way. You know, it's like crazy. Yeah. Crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know, like, uh, Rodney Alcala, he actually died last month. Mm-hmm. July 26th. It's scary to think that these men are still alive. hmm And what really yeah, like, bothers me <clears throat> out of all of it is you'll get these people that say, well, it's not all men. Like, I didn't say it was every man. I'm saying these men exist. Yeah. And most serial killers are men. I mean, that's a that's a scientifically proven fact. Oh, yeah. There, There's there a very, are very, very killers, small, but... small pool of women. Yeah. And the women, the ones that are women that were murderers were terrible murderers. Like, they, they weren't messing around. <laughs> like Dorothy Puentes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. The killer landlady. Mm-hmm. She ran a boarding house for elderly people and the mentally unstable Mm -hmm. pretty much people who couldn't take care of themselves and she would murder them and bury them in her backyard and continue to collect their social security checks that's crazy it's pretty fascinating yeah i was reading a book um called lady killers um i think you can find it on like most libraries but it was so crazy to read because almost every single woman that was listed in this lady killer's book killed with poison. Back in like the old days, that's what they did. They just dropped a little bit of arsenic in their husband's food and that was it. That they just done with my man up here, let's kill him. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. And like the only one that they mentioned that wasn't um wasn't poison related was lizzie borden and everybody knows the story of lizzie borden right you know and it's like do you think she did it oh yeah you do yeah there's no there's no way she didn't you know by the timeline and like where and i think honestly if i wouldn't have watched so many movies based around it i would probably think she didn't based upon the readings that i've done but after you watch like true like live action movies of her trial and like the murders and things like that, they really show that it really was possible and that she really could have done it. You know, and it's like you know I how think they say she's like guilty, but I yeah. don't think she carried out the murders herself because they did find those men's boot prints. So mm-hmm. I think it's a possibility, like, she completely orchestrated all of this and was there when it happened, but I don't think she's the one who actually did the killing. I mean, that's just me. That's how I feel. Yeah. You never know. And, like, with me, a lot of people think, like, back when her trials and things happened, one of the main things they went on was she's such a tiny little thing. Like, there's no way she could swing an axe, you know, that heavily. But they do say 
um, you know, there are such things as, as adrenaline, adrenaline rushes. So mm-hmm. once she got on that high of like, all right, I'm about to kill them. She could have had enough power behind her swing to do that. You know, it's a possibility. But, you never know. It completely we'll, is. Yeah. Some crazy things. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you can't really discount the fact that her sister caught her burning her dress. Oh, I got paint on it. Bitch. No, you didn't. Right. Liar. Like, was it red paint? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Show me what you were painting, sister. Right. And mm-hmm. I've had this thought, like, passing on the street. Is there someone here that's, like, a murderer? Right. It's very, it's- very scary. Yeah, especially, like, I, I know you, you watch Bailey Sarian, right? Absolutely. Love yeah. Her. So she says a lot, you know, a lot of times people have this mindset of like what a serial killer looks like, but there's just really no way to know. Like even the sweetest old ladies could be a killer. Yeah. And see like Dorothy Puentes, uh-huh. I believe was in her eighties as she was uh-huh. murdering these people. She was a serial killer. So, I mean, everyone described her as a cute little housewife. Right. Yeah. And like back in the, um, what was it like the 50s or 60s i think it was um the lady i can't i don't know the full story but the, her name was ma and they went by ma and the boys they were like a gangster group she orchestrated an entire like crime ring and like had people killed and murder and just cr- murder murders out the wazoo and she never got caught they never linked her back to any of the crimes that she is was messed up. That good of a mob boss. She was an eighty-some-year-old woman. Like, well, first off, like, good for you. Like, right? that's cool. <laughs> like, you're a mob boss. <laughs> yes, bitch, go queen. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, murder is bad. Right. And like, you know, I mean, everybody has heard, you know, how mobs do and stuff like that. Like, some of these people that she was having killed just like were literally never seen again. And so there was no evidence ever to link even her boys to any of the crimes. But people around the city and the town and all that knew exactly why people were disappearing and who was doing it. But they were so afraid of this group of people that they just did. They walked the line because they were like, well, shit, if I cross her path the wrong way, she's going to have me killed. (laughs) Right. You know, and to just to be like, there is no look to being a serial killer. There's just, there's nothing. I mean, there are some people like, for instance, Charles Manson that just has that look and you're like, yeah, yeah, he did it. Mm-hmm. You know, he had that because he always had that crazy look in his eyes and people you could just tell. But yeah, like Samuel be, Little, Samuel yeah. Little did not look like a serial killer Mm-mm. at all. Nope. You would just think he was some guy walking on the street. Little do you know, he's killed 93 women. Yeah, a good example of not knowing would be, um, like, Sheila and Rachel. Like, they literally walked the the, the halls of UHS and just, like... Blended in. Blended in. Just like she was, you know, Rachel was in the drama and she had a beautiful singing. I mean, she was popular. They were crazy. You just never know what people are capable of. Just it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff. It is. 
It is. And I think that's why it's so interesting. Yeah. And it's like, because it could be anyone. Right. And I feel like the reason, I think the reason why I like to learn so much about it is like, I want to be prepared. Like if anybody would ever kidnap me, they're going to have to fight for me. They're, they're going to have to kill me, but I guarantee you if they ever find my body, they're going to find DNA on me. Absolutely. I've thought of those situations over and over in my head. Like, you better put gloves over my hands because I'm going to scratch the crap out of you. I'm going to scratch and grab hair and Mm -hmm. everything I possibly can. I'm going to make you bleed so you get blood. I mean, yeah, you better kill me and hide me real good because (laughs) if they find me, they're going to find you. So Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. And I just think that it's it's good to learn about those kind of things because then it also gives you more of an insight into what to look for and what to be aware of if you are in a situation where someone's being sort of creepy toward you and you know some of the characteristics of like a sociopath or, you know, a psychopath and things like that. And just like, you can be like, mm, yeah, he's not right. Uh, maybe I should walk over here and not near him. You right. know, so and- you can be more aware of your surroundings that like, like, and obviously, I don't mean to be, like, super paranoid your entire life. Like, is he a killer? Is he a killer? But, like, be aware if some creepy dude walks up to your car. Like, be smart. And if you – I feel like if you uh, subject yourself to stories about true crime and things in your area or even, you know, worldwide, it gives you an opportunity to be more aware of things. Yeah. So. One thing I, I always do is if I'm going with someone, even if I know the person, I will tell somebody, mm-hmm. hey, I've gone with this person. We're going to this location. It should only take this amount of time. If I don't reach out to you by then, you'll know something's wrong. Right. I do and- the same thing when I walk the trail. When I like when I walk the rail trail, um, I text my grandma the exact location I enter the rail trail. Like right. so she knows if she doesn't hear from me in a while that at least, I, like, I even tell her, like, hey, I entered at the, say, like, Star City. You know, I entered at the Star City uh, area, and I'm walking toward the Coliseum. So that way she knows, like, if I don't get back to her in, like, an hour, she knows which direction I was walking, where I was. That way, hopefully, if something ever would happen, then they would have a jump start on where I'm at and not have to be, not have to track my phone and stupid shit like that. For all you ladies out there... um. You get into Ubers, like, I know Uber has all the information on the phone, but, like, take a picture of the driver or the driver's license um, of the driver. Take a photo of the license plate and text it to somebody you can trust. This is the last person I was seen with. Here's the information. Here's what they look like. And if they don't agree to let you take a picture of them out of safety reasons, then don't get in the car. Right. I agree. It takes zero amount of effort and zero amount of money to prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. Two seconds of putting it in. You don't even have to type it in. Tell Siri what you want. She'll pull up a bunch of stuff. It takes nothing to read on how to protect yourself. Yeah. So in my opinion, this world is getting worse and worse. Crimes are getting higher on women and children, it seems like, too. Um, that's, like, seems to be the main target. Like, especially with, like the Walmart thing that just happened like a few months ago where this guy was like walking up and being like, Hey, can I help you put your groceries in the car? 
And he had, like, stolen a vest from, like, the Walmart, you know, cart. And, like, just stuff like that. It's crazy. You know, like, even if you don't have, like, some kind of defense thing on your keys, like, put your keys between your fingers, even. Yeah. Just definitely. anything that can you can punch somebody with or hit somebody with that's going to deter Hurt. them from hurting you. Yeah. So, crazy. It sucks that we yep. live in a world that we have to think about that stuff all the time, especially being a woman, you know. Yeah, and I- it goes back to that that argument of it's not all men. Right. Like, nobody said it was. Exactly. But there is a majority of men out there who do this stuff. Right. It's and kind you don't of hard see- to know who to trust. Yeah, and you don't see very many women trying to rape women out on the street. Right. You know, I mean, it happens. Believe me, it does. But I'm just saying... Being a woman is is rough, especially when you drive by yourself. Like when I drive at night, I text my grandma when I leave work or when I leave wherever mm-hmm. I'm going. And I wear my hair up so that it looks like I'm a dude. Just in case some guy is creeping on some women and trying to find some woman in a car by herself. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. Especially driving out sketchy places. Like I, I make myself not look like a female. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I lean back in my seat and drive all weird like the dudes do, like with the one arm. <laughs> so that way, if they just glance at me, they're like, mm, that's a dude. I don't want to, you know. <laughs> so. Like, I yeah. laugh. Like, it's a serious subject, but it is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that issue, honestly, because my hair is cut so short. Everybody yeah. thinks of my brother. They literally <laughs> called me. My brother works with me now. And uh-huh. uh, they... I was walking down the hallway and a guest that was staying at the hotel literally thought I was my brother and yelled out his name. And I just Uh stood there and smiled like, homeboy, (laughs) you can clearly see I'm a woman. (laughs) Turn around and be like, excuse me? Uh, (laughs) Do I look like a dude to you? There's no hiding these double D's. Right, exactly. (laughs) My brother is very flat chested, bro. I'd be like, I worked hard for these. Like, acknowledge the kitchen. I grew them myself. Please appreciate them. Right. But I live in a pretty sketchy sketchy trailer park. So, um, yeah. I don't go outside at night. I don't. When I get out of my car, um, I like make sure that I have my keys between my fingers like and I really don't not much has happened here but people do like stalk around way too much and I just don't I don't trust people I mean too many people trying to buy drugs and all kinds of crap in this world that like if you don't have something they want they'll just attack you you know now like I, I completely understand. I lived in the place before this. Where I live now in Zaberton, um, I actually really love it. It's a lot safer. It's well lit. Um, I've got several close houses around me. So if I need help, like I know these people are there and they're really nice. Uh, but the area I lived beforehand <clears throat> was out past Westwood. It was not well lit at all. We had like one street lamp and it was at the entrance of the road. So it was super dark and it was right next to an open field. So I could literally look out my window and see literal wolves running around out next to me. That's how far back out we were. I remember one night 
it was my day off the next day. And usually on my day off, I let myself uh, stay up a little late. Um, So I think it was like two in the morning when I had finally decided to go to bed. And I hit the light switch and I laid down. Ten minutes after I turned my light off, I hear my dad screaming in the living room. So I jump up and I open the door and he's like throwing himself against the door. And I'm like, what's going on? And he said that there was a guy who had opened the door and got his foot in and was trying to reach around and unlock the lock on the door so that he could enter the house. Literally, ten, like he was sitting outside the house waiting for me to turn my light off. So that he could break into the house. And all of us were there. We were all sleeping. My dad was asleep in the living room when this happened. Mm -hmm. And I completely understand the panic aspect. And the thing is, like, we had three entrances to the house. We had a back door. We had an emergency door down where my brother's door was. And then we had the front door. So paranoia set in real bad. Yeah. And there was a lot of locking, a lot of talking about getting a gun, a lot of just what do we do now type situation. Mm-hmm. And the guy had the nerve of standing outside of the house the very next day and tried to argue with us that he did not break in. But like people seen him running away from the house. Mm hmm. It's scary. Like, and it was a man. Yeah. Like, I don't see a lot of women breaking into homes, trying to hurt right. people. But, you know, women are the brains. So sometimes they're the brains behind the operation, though. True. So, True. You never know. We live, in a, we live in a crazy time, that's for sure. Yeah, I liked it better when I was, like, in elementary school. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about any of this. Right. My parents well, yeah, like- weren't scared to let me go down to my friend's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like me. I grew up in Booth, and we leave our door unlocked. I mean, my entire childhood was we never locked our doors because nobody ever broke in, nobody ever stole anything out of your yard. You know, everybody knew everyone, and every kid played together and spent the night, and you didn't have to worry about parents and weird shit. And now it's like you're afraid to go to your freaking car at night. You know, yeah, it's ridiculous. Even out there, it's like things are bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's rough. almost like an illness. Mm-hmm. Just I don't know if it's what my dad calls the end times, if you believe in that, mm-hmm. or if it's you know COVID and people are just losing their shit. Yeah, that is that's true. That there has been a lot of people that have had to get actual like psychiatric help after being a shut in for like a year. You know, it does crazy things to people's minds. Your dad, you know, saying it's the end times and things like that. You know, they say that um, you will start to see the truth in everyone. Yeah. You know, so and that there's been a lot of things even within people that I personally grew up with that I've seen do some things and start to turn their lives into some things. And I'm like, 
I would have never expected that out of this particular person. And then you're like, then you find out that they've been struggling with like, we'll use like a drug issue for an example. They've been struggling with a drug addiction. And you're like, why didn't you reach out to anybody? How did we not know? You know, it's because it's so easy to like act like somebody different on social media than what your real life is like. Exactly. Like you don't have to answer to anyone if you pretend to be somebody else Mm -hmm. online. Yep. And then the next thing you know, you're reading their obituary in the paper. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I didn't even know anything was wrong. I right, yeah, know. and there's like a lot yeah. of our, uh, a lot of our classmates who have uh, passed away from mm-hmm. drug addiction and things that I never knew. Just yeah. looking at them, being around them, and this is like shortly after we graduated. So I mean, looking at them, seeing how they act and what they do, I never in my life would have guessed at any point that they had an issue with drugs yeah you you have to be kind to to everyone because you just never know what they're going through with life within their relationships or within themselves like because mental health is majorly on the rise and you know it sucks that people feel so alone in such a big world you know, mm-hmm. it's, I, that's why I, I tell everyone, like, I don't, I don't care if we're not friends or we were friends and now we're not, or I don't even know you. If, if you even know me a little bit through a friend of a friend of a friend for all I care, if you need help, tell me, you know, I, I'm not going to be one of those people that's going to be like, you're doing drugs. You're bad. That's bad for you. Stop. Cause I know it's not that simple because if right. it was that simple to just quit, they would have. You know, and I, and it's the big controversy about, well, they can stop if they want. It's a choice, blah, blah, blah. It, sometimes it's not a choice. Sometimes it is a mental thing. You know, it is mental health related mm-hmm. a lot of times. So a lot of things go into it. And you can't just be like, oh, well, you got to stop. Be like, okay, don't you think I tried that already, bro? Right. Like, and then you hear <laughs> a lot of that argument of, well, why did you start in the first place? Yeah. That's not... Why would you ask that? Exactly. Some of them don't even remember when the first time it happened because they've been doing it so long. Yeah. You know, like so. who cares how it started? Right. The point this is, is where they're we're asking at right for help now. now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that wraps it up for now. Alrighty. All right. Do you have a specific time and stuff for your podcast coming out? Um, I am going to post every Friday at 7 p.m. All right. Well, you heard her, guys. Every Friday at 7 p.m. You can find her on this app. Um, If you have it set up the way that I do, uh, it will automatically post to Spotify Mm -hmm. and Google Podcasts, as well as Anchor, all of which are free. And... um, Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been my pleasure. Had a lot of fun. Haven't spoken to you in a while, so. Yeah, um, it was fun to catch up. It was. It really, really was. I'm, I'm glad we got to do this. And um, maybe you guys will hear Stephanie again on this podcast in the future. If she has the time. All righty. I hope so. <laughs> I do too. 
All right, hon. Um, that's all for this week. I'll catch you next week. All righty. Bye. Bye. Thank you.